Hello everyone, and today I'm very excited to study with you the fourth chapter of Sefer Shoptim for Wednesday, February 28th. Right. This is an iconic parak. There is so much that happens here. We hear about and learn about two women, Devorah and Yael. And then there's Sisra, and there's Barak. There are many personalities. So let us go through this uh, chapter together. So the, the first three judges we learned about was Asniel ben Kenas, he was a judge, led them into battle. They read about Ehud, he killed a fellow named Eglon. And then we read about someone by the name of Shamgar, he lasted for a very short time, according to most, only six months, and not sure what he did. We actually learned a little about what he didn't do in the first p- pasuk of this week's cha- of this day's chapter. It like this, Yosifu b'nei Yisrael The Jewish people added on, continued to do bad in the eyes of Hashem, the Ehud Meis. And Ehud died as if to say, as a result of Ehud's death. Now what's interesting is that where two judges passed Ehud, or, or one judge, right, Ehud, and then Shamgar. So it would seem that Shamgar was not successful in leading any teshuva movement amongst the Jewish people. And Hashem sold him in the hand of Yovin, king of Canaan, Asher Molach Bechotzer. his general was a famous man by the name of Sisra. Okay, let's keep that name in mind. Sisra. But it's like when he's on the Jewish people cried out to Hashem because Sisra was approaching with 900 iron chariots pressing the Jewish people. And, or I should say, he had 900 chariots and Lachat says, Bnei Israel, he oppressed the Jewish people. Bechaska Esm Shana. 20 years he oppressed the Jewish people. That is a very long time. Now, what's unique about this enemy, not something I focused on in the previous chapter, is that the previous chapters dealt with enemies that came from abroad. They came from the eastern, Moab, they came from the eastern side of the Jordan River. This enemy is local, which makes it scarier, and something that definitely has to be dealt with. And what appears that the Jewish people are literally going backwards. So the Pesukim, we are now introduced, so again, this is the cycle. Jewish people are bad, they cry out, and then a judge pops up, chosen by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, just to speak about that process for a little bit, it's not like there was a prophet that came out somewhere and said, oh, this leader has been chosen. In other words, the person themselves was recognized as the leader, and they acted as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu had told them to take a leadership role. But really what I'm getting at is that there isn't anything specific that happens publicly um, between Hashem and the Jewish people publicizing that Ehud or Shamgar or Sneel Balkanaz is chosen as judge. Rather, it seems the way the Torah always says it is that it sort of happens uh, by itself. Again, because Baruch Hu is choosing them, but their fame and their notoriety and their respect sort of comes natural from the leadership position that they uh, take and really accept. So we read about, and this this story that we're about to read is actually a half Torah for Parshas Peshalach, which we will see why this is chosen as the Torah for Parshas Peshalach. It happens to be um, for sure, the Ashkenazi version is actually the longest half Torah. The Svartim uh, cut it in half, but the Ashkenazim really go uh, basically two chapters long. The rest of the fourth chapter and the rest of the fifth chapter is the half Torah for Parshas Beshalach, the Parsha that describes the splitting of the sea. Udvari is Nevia Eshes Lapidos. Dvara was a prophetess. And Aishas Lapidos, a fiery woman. Now the question is, what exactly does that mean? Was she somehow involved in the carrying of the wicks in the Mishkan? Uh, was that part of her name? Some say this was a, um, just like we say Moshe's face lit up 
When he came down, so too, this was her level of prophecy, that she was also lit up. He shoved as he saw. She judged the Jewish people, he at that time. She stood under a, a palm tree. Right? I'm sure you've heard this term, Tomer Devorah. Uh, could be that it was named after. Some say, actually, there's another Devorah we have in the Torah. Devorah in Sefer Bereshis, the nurse of Rivka, is buried, and she dies. And uh, some say she was buried at this tree. Hence, her name is Tomer. Hence, the name of the tree is Devorah. So, so from one Devorah to the next, Ben Harama, Ubein Beis El, Bahar Ephraim, that was the location of the court. Why exactly she did it outside? It would seem perhaps to remind people of the need to be judged and of her presence. As the Torah describes, they went up to her. Every time there's a going up to justice in the Torah, we find the language is going up. Now, usually going up has to do with that it's the primary place where the Jewish people had their judges was on Harabais, was on Temple Mount. So, of course, going up would be appropriate. So it is interesting to note. Uh, but although it does say Bahar Ephraim was on the mountain of Ephraim, hence they had to go up. Okay. So now a judge, usually what a judge does is lead a tshuva movement, judges the Jewish people, and leads them to battle, which is what Ehud did all those three. It would seem that Devorah uh, called a man to do the battle, which is interesting because at the end of the chapter, we're going to be read about a woman who was involved in a combat of sorts. So Vatisha Vatikul Barak Ben Avinam, she calls that to Barak, to Varak, some say Varak is her husband. Hashem is commanded that you draw and you take 10,000 men from B'nai Naftali, B'nai Zivlon. I will draw toward you to Kishon Burk Sisra, the general of Yavin's army, with his chariot, and I shall deliver him into your hand. And that's what Hashem said. And Barak said to her, if you go with me, great. If you don't go with me, so it's interesting. It reminds me a little bit of Mordechai and Esther's conversation, right? Where, uh, you know, Mordechai tells Esther to go, Esther says, maybe not. Here's the opposite, man to woman. Woman to man. And the Bible says, indeed, I'll go with you. But the path in which you've chosen to go will not be for your glory. Don't worry. Hashem is going to be with you. Hashem has sold Sisra. And she goes ahead, and in other words, it seems that Barak is not so much lacking faith in God, but more as a humble posture, saying, I don't think I'm worthy of God helping me out. And Barak, Zilun got all the men. It seems like Devorah's main role of here was to get people to come. Chever HaKeni had separated himself from the other parts of his family, descendants of Moshe Rabbeinu. Vayet Ahalo again. We're talking about Chaver Hakani. We'll see why that's important. Vayagidul is Sisra. So again, the Kani family had sort of gone to the northern part of Israel. We'll see why that's applicable. Vayagidul is Sisra, and it was told to Sisra that Barak has gone up. Sisra uh, brings all of his uh, chariots. Vatamer Devara Barakum. Devara says, "Get up, Kizeh Hayom," because today Hashem has given Sisra into your hand. Vayer Barak and Barak went very quickly. He didn't wait at all. Ten thousand men with him. Vayaham Hashem Sisra, which is the language the Torah uses of the hand of Hashem, confounded the army of Sisra, and they all die. However, Sisra was able to run away, and he's running away on foot. Barak chases after him. Vayipo Komachne Sisra, the entire camp had fallen. Lo Nishar Ad Echad, no one remained. 
which is that Pasuk is similarly used uh, to describe after the splitting of the sea. I'm just trying to bring up why this Haftorah is used for Parshas Peshalach. The lo nisarachadid, no one remains, is a similar way we describe post splitting of the sea regarding the Egyptians. And Sisa runs away to the tent of Yoel, Ashes, Heber Hakeni. He ends up in the tent of Yoel, a woman, the wife of Heber Hakeni. Kishola ben Yavim apparently Sisra had made some sort of deal with Heber Hakeni. Now, Yoel is not going to uphold that treaty, right? Sisra is thinking he's in a good place because he had made a treaty. Apparently, uh, Yael either violated that bond. The commentaries definitely uh, deal with it uh, as to how she was able to avoid this allegiance. Apparently, the allegiance was maybe made with Sisra's grandfather, not necessarily with him. And Yael goes towards him and says, Don't be afraid. She covers him with, a, with some sort of blanket. And he says to her, Can you have some water? I'm thirsty. She pours out some milk. So now milk it makes you one very sleepy. And he says to her, stand at the entrance of the tent. And if anybody comes and asks, is anyone, is anyone here? You should tell them, no. Okay, very smart. While sister was sleeping, she takes the peg. And she came to him very quickly and stuck it, struck it in his temple. And it went through the ground and he was, and it went through into the ground while he was sleeping deeply and exhausted. And he died. Barak was running after Sisra, and Yoel comes towards him and says, Go, I want to, or basically come, and I want to show you what you're looking for. He comes inside, Vine Sisra, Nephilimesis, who had fallen and died. And he sees the peg in his temple. Yavin was the king, and Sisra was the general. But Telech Yad Ben Kasha, the hand of the children of Israel became progressively harsh over Yavin, till they destroyed Yavin, king of Canaan. So this uh, story. There's a lot to talk about. Also, Chazal uh, add a, a couple notes here. So first of all, uh, the some the, the Rishonim deal with a very obvious question is that we usually don't find uh, women taking such leadership positions. There are psukim in the Torah. So this really does, you know, requires a whole class and sheer to focus on the various answers given to the questions, but a lot of them have to do with the fact that Devaro wasn't necessarily making final decisions. Uh, she was instructing she was teaching, or perhaps because she was the greatest of the generation, and Devar is definitely looked at as a role model and a leader amongst the women Jewish leader category, and again, all leadership categories. And then you have this woman, Yael, who while the one role it seems Devar didn't want to take, which is battle, Yael does take, at least in her own tent. Um, and Chazal say that what Yael did and Esther were pretty similar, is that um, Yael was put into sensitive position just like Esther was having to be with Ahasuerus and they both did it for the purpose of saving the Jewish people only pure and good intentions in mind and the next chapter which is really the main reason why the Haftorah is chosen from this, uh, these chapters is because we're going to hear the song of Devaro which of course is very similar in nature to the song after the splitting of the sea with that we conclude our study of Navi from the Azovis thank you so much for taking time today to study some Navi